And then now we've been talking to my buddy Stan. Yeah, you know, I've been telling y'all for a few months that uh, for the first time in my life and my family, divorce um, kind of reared its ugly head, and it showed me how important it was to have good representation. Part of my reason for doing the show here is to not just talk about the topics that I love, but also try to help people through you know any information that I can impart out there. And so I, I searched around for a while and found who I think is the best guy in San Diego. And a lot of people think that a really good high-powered attorney is only for the wealthy and that only wealthy people have assets that need protection. And and that's really not the case. And so we we're, we're, want to talk uh, further with Stan about the expense of divorce. Um, and, and during a break earlier, Stan, we were talking about uh, the middle class and why they do have assets. And what I was surprised is that you said the number one asset that the middle class has to deal with and protect is pension. Yeah, the house equity is gone, you know. Right. I didn't even I see youth. I typically think of property in terms of real property and house. I wasn't even thinking pension. Well, back when you could just sell the house and divide the proceeds, that was great. That was easy. You can get an appraiser to appraise the house. Now, generally, if we're talking about people with any money, it's all tied up in a pension. I'm representing a fireman at the moment who has mm, several hundred thousand, many hundreds of thousand dollars tied up in a pension. Who knew firemen could have that kind of pension? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And and another guy um, that I was involved in, he worked at Songs, the nuclear reactor up in San Onofre, and uh, big, big pension, big, big thrift savings plan. Wow. Big. Now, how do you help them? So pensions is the number one asset for the middle class. Uh, how do you, how do you help them protect that? Oh, it's hard to do, because this is where the people may be willing to be reasonable, but the government's got its fingers in the pie. In terms of taxes? Yeah. All of these things were tax-driven to begin with. Okay. And trying to divide them to the best advantage of the party who's trying to keep the money is a complicated, very sophisticated process. Particularly, I'm guessing, correct me if I'm wrong, there's also, there were these accounts before they got married, how much of the increased amount was post-marriage as opposed to was in the account beforehand, correct? Yes. Okay. Correct. And a, a subgroup, a cottage industry part of the legal profession has become people who specialize in dividing these things. And if you have a divorce where one of them is present and it's complex and it's big money, uh, the standard operating procedure is you hire one of these people who purports to know what they're doing to have them do it. And do they, typically? Mm, I'm, I'm not so sure. And besides, they have a conflict of interest. Right. They're hired by the parties to divide the pension. Well, there are a lot of choices about dividing the pension as you go along. Which choices are they going to make? Right. Because you almost need like a, a really high quality certified financial planner too, because there's there's actually planning aspects involved in that, isn't there? Absolutely. Because you've got to take this money out of this one pension account, you got to move it somehow. That's right. You got to try to do it to avoid the taxes, and it's very complicated. And you got to try to do all that while dealing with emotions. And furthermore, you got to deal with money that you can't get your hands on. It's not liquid. It's not liquid. Does Say, it cha- does it change value in people's minds then when it's not liquid? If you get into a sophisticated situation, you argue about, look, this isn't real money. We have to discount this to present value based upon the hit 
she's going to take or he's going to take right. when he gets the money and he wants to use it to live on. Right. Right. Because Uncle Sam takes a big cut. Right. So this probably, I would imagine, um, is a huge percentage. You know, we always think about, and we talked about the ten, uh, the five or the ten things that people need to do before they even file the information that they need to gather, the records. We talked about that day one you're coming in. A lot of people are just thinking checking accounts, but they also now need to, you need, they need to have all the pension account information as well. Yes, they do. Yeah. Okay. And it's hard to come by. If a person's been working at a company for, say, 15 or 20 years, getting the information that you need is virtually impossible. Well, but they at least can get the statements that they've had coming yep, in for the past. They, and that's why you want to make sure that you're keeping. You don't want to prepare for divorce. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if, if you keep proper records all along, um, it certainly makes it easier. It does um, make it easier. If the dog doesn't eat them or the flood in the garage doesn't destroy them, it's very nice to have them. But there's certainly even, even past employers will have uh, whoever currently manages the account will have some records going back at least you know, the past year or so, I would imagine. Oh, past few yeah. years. Yeah. But if you, get, you get back into 10 years, 12 years, 15 years, then the prospect of getting the stuff is pretty dim because the, inf- the uh, document retrieval policy the company may have doesn't provide for keeping this particular sort of stuff around forever. Right. So getting back to the expense, wrap it up for us in terms of um, people's perception of the expense of divorce and what you want them to know. I wanted to know that the expense of the divorce is like the guy's in the jail cell and has the key. Um, it doesn't have to be expensive if they are willing to compromise and willing to accept the proposition that, for example, as we said, you can't cut the kid in half. Mm-hmm. You know, if one person gets transferred or something for a job and has to go, the kid can't be in both places at once. Kids, right. kids in school, right? they can't be in two places at once 50% of the time. It, it just doesn't work. Right. Divorce, it, it, divorce means that you're, you're no, no longer legally bound to each other, I guess, but you're still bound to each other in many ways if you have children, and you've just got to be willing to compromise. Oh, yeah. I mean, basically. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and have some acceptance. Otherwise, you're just going to keep it going, and the cost is just going to keep, keep going, right, for the yep. process? One case, got a five-year-old kid. First question you ask the people is, are you aware that you're going to be married to this lady or this guy until this kid hits 18 mm-hmm. for many practical purposes? One way or the other. One way or the other. Hey. You, you, you better start making the best of it now right? or, or else you're going to, it's going to be a long 15 right. years if there's a three-year-old. Right. And you know what, Stan? I think one reason why I like your approach and I think it's so unique is that you're just so pragmatic and real with your clients about their expectations, about how they can keep the cost down for themselves, about making sure that they have... Uh, they have a goal that's positive for them and that you help them get on with their life. You treat the emotions as well as the, the legal and the financial aspects. And I just want to encourage everybody out there in San Diego and Southern California for listening. If you are, have a family or friend who's going to be needing any services, go to stanprouse.com, contact Stan, you know, Stan's your man. And Thank you, Andrea. You're quite welcome. Thanks for coming in.